Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia, and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today, we have Leela Orr with us. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So let's just start with like a quick little intro of yourself, kind of just like a quick little rundown. Okay. So, um, hi, I'm a fashion designer like yourself. Um, my name is Leela Orr. I am from the South, I'm from Texas and also Louisiana. Um, and I create zero waste, more mindfully made fashion through my brand Farah. Um, and I've been doing this for about five years now. Um, and before that, I thought I was going to go to law school. So, you know, paths change in life. Um, and yeah, I just want to spread the message about creating more mindfully and sustainably. I've been doing it for years now and what even went on Project Runway and talked about it. And that's, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I love that. This is so funny that you like wanted to go into law school. Like that's such a complete, complete, like 180. <laughs> um, yeah. what was that kind of transition? Like, or like, when did you have like a defining moment of like, I'd rather actually do fashion instead? Oh my, well, I kind of always knew I wanted to do it. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, you know, you have your passions, but then sometimes in, in life, what I, I was told this and with all my friends, like you have your passions, but those are like your, your projects. You're like your side, you know, do it at home in your own time. Mm-hmm. And then you have your career. And I think, you know, we're two from two different, um, I guess, like generations, I guess, like I'm a millennial. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was, I told my parents from the time that I was like five, like, I want to be a fashion designer. And um, they were like, that's great. And they were so supportive. But then whenever it came time to apply to colleges, and I said, I really want to go to Parsons. I knew when I was like 17, I was like, I want to go to Parsons. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me like, well, that's great. We love that, but you need to go to a four-year liberal arts or like some kind of serious university, which Parsons actually is a liberal arts school, mm-hmm. but um, they didn't think that. That's not, I guess it's not perceived by many to be that way. Um, and I, you know, and pursue a serious passion. If you still want to do it when you're older, you're really young, you don't know what you want yet. Mm-hmm. We know best. And they're from the generation where it's like, you go to college, yeah, go to a four-year university. And so, um, so that's what I did. So I, I did that and I loved Tulane. I mean, I loved going to my, like the school that I went to and the degree mm-hmm. that I got was amazing and all, and it, everything works out for a reason. Right. Uh, so yeah, I studied business, but my, my passion was like the more creative side of the business degree, which was B law. So business law. And it was a lot of writing, which I love creative writing. I love, um, persuasive writing. So that was just like my total, my cup of tea. So I thought, you know, that's actually kind of feels really creative and it feels like the most creative outlet for me within the business school. Um, so I study business law and I also study business entrepreneurship because I thought, you know what, no matter what, I think I do want to do my own thing one day. So I have a degree in entrepreneurship as well. So um, that's that really did benefit me in the long run. But eventually I got to it once I was like 22, fresh out of school. I was like, okay, is it, I can go now. Can I go to Parsons? <laughs> so I did pursue it. I worked for a year and saved up a little bit extra. And then I went to pursue um, the fashion degree. 
Gotcha. That's so crazy. I mean, obviously like, yeah, I feel like that degree definitely helped you at the beginning anyway, if you ended up obviously having your own business, I'm sure it's super helpful to have that background knowledge. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, for a little window of time, I thought, you know, Hey, like being a lawyer, it's, you know, it's a tough job. I mm-hmm. can handle the stress I and mean, being an entrepreneur is a tough job. So I was like, I can handle the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like this, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, I still was taking up, I had an internship with the public defender, but then I also had an internship with this group of artists and I enjoyed that one so much more. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoyed them both, but like, gosh, the public defender was eye-opening and scarring um <laughs> and the artists were also kind of the same way but I really I was like okay this is my passion and I didn't yeah. get to it yeah no I love that so what was your experience at Parsons like oh my gosh um so Parsons is like my dream school mm-hmm. I applied to FIT as well so like no shade no hate to FIT I think it's yeah I applied to Parsons too so yeah there you go so no I mean I love FIT but like I actually was too late in the application process and they actually wanted to see more sewing and I the the most song that I had done was like just deconstructing things and putting things together or Mm -hmm. like upside like we didn't even call it upcycling my mom was just called it like being a hippie mom and like hey I grew (laughs) up really poor and this is what you have to do is like we wear your jeans until they're bare in the butt cheeks and then you can mm-hmm. and then you catch them um, right so I grew up with a mom who was like very much like yeah like grew up with nothing so she instilled that in me like you wear your things until they're worn out and then you mend them so I had upcycled things but I hadn't just made something from scratch and also I did a lot of hand sewing I think like the most complicated things on the machine I, I made were like just like a square pillow growing mm-hmm. up so um so yeah FIT it kind of faced me out I felt like for FIT and I was also late so um Parsons was just like the dream from the time that I was really little um and then I think it was also it kind of stems from being a big fan of Project Runway and you know yeah Parsons yep so yeah like I remember in middle school watching Project Runway and my dad saying like what would you design for this challenge and like getting out a pen and paper and sketching up something and thinking that was just like so much fun like for like these unconventional challenges making stuff out of like weird the weirdest stuff from your backyard or whatever mm-hmm. so um so yeah so Parsons was kind of the dream so I got into Parsons I loved it but um and I think I just mentioned this recently I made a video on on this I I was never at the top of my class it was really competitive and also like my aesthetic and I mean I think I was very much still learning what my aesthetic was I was also very obsessed with fashion history like grew up with a very fashionable grandmother so all of my fashion pieces were all references and so it was really hard for me to establish a footing and find my voice while I was in school and I think that that kind of held me back a little bit in a way it was just like maybe I mean I just jumped into it and I felt like there was other students who had been sewing for years who had their complete aesthetic figured out Mm -hmm. also like Alexander Wang and like a very like um gender neutral all black and white aesthetic was like the very Mm -hmm. hot thing and I've never really like loved making things in black I don't know why it's just like the color never it doesn't really speak to me that often sometimes I do but sometimes I don't um and everything was like very dark and I just didn't I wasn't vibing with that and um 
I, my stuff got looked over a lot. So I liked it. I thought that it really pushed me out of my comfort zone because it really humbles you when you grow up in a smaller town and you do like, I'm also an only child. So like the littlest thing I would do is like the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> and then you get to Parsons and you're around and you're in New York city and you're interning for the best and you're around the best, most creative people. And you're like, wow, I'm really, really not that special, but like, Mm -hmm. that's all, it's humbling. And, um, you know, I, I think it also taught me to not compare myself to others so much because you're never going to be the best, whatever they're doing. You can only be the best, whatever you're doing. And you need to really look inward and keep your head down. So you're focused on what your process is. And that way you can really, truly grow and really create something special and be special and seen amongst the crowd because you're focused inward on your own aesthetic and what you're doing. Yeah. Very long-winded. Oh no. (laughs) I think I relate to so many parts of that. Um, I also learned about Parsons through Project Runway. Like I grew up watching it as well. And I was like, oh my God, that is my dream school. And it was like my number one for so long, but I ended up going to FIT kind of for the opposite reason. Cause I was more sewing based than art based. Mm -hmm. So FIT like fit me a little bit better, but that's just so funny (laughs) because you ended up going on Project Runway, which is so cool. I know. Um, But your season wasn't at Parsons, right? No. So I, it's actually so crazy. So that, um, that, that workroom space that they filmed mm-hmm. for years was in a building that was in the garment district. And oh. I got the experience of, I actually got to go to the original Parsons for one year. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a full year. And then by year two, we were in that cool new building, um, that's yeah. on Fifth Avenue. And so that was my, that was the other half of my degree was at the new building. So I actually got a little bit of both. So I did get to like, see the iconic, like stage that mm-hmm. they filmed, you know like in, in the, the theater and like you know wherever they filmed but yeah so I got both but um it was that's cool. so cool Good that's time. so cool yeah because when I when I toured Parsons it was I guess later on and they didn't have that anymore and I was so disappointed when I like had the tour and it wasn't like Project Runway I was like this is false advertising <laughs> like I know what I the know. heck the buildings got demolished so part of part like the original Parsons is gone something yeah else sad I know I know it happens but I think you also bring up a lot of great points of like you weren't like number one in your class like I felt the exact same way I felt like everybody was like that super gender neutral cool aesthetic Mm -hmm. um because I feel like that's still very relevant right now too Mm -hmm. um and it just like was not me whatsoever and it is quite humbling to (laughs) kind of go to a big city because like also I grew up in Indiana so I was like the only fashion person here so everybody thought anything I did was like the coolest thing ever they're like oh my god you can sew that's so freaking cool and I'm like yeah and then I get there and I'm like never mind <laughs> yeah not that cool yeah, yeah I'm like I'm, I'm not the coolest but that's okay <laughs> yeah yeah and I swear I think like I have this like I feel like sometimes I mean I, it's not good to compare yourself to Kanye West because like he <laughs> a whole list of problems but um I mean also iconic in like a really problematic way yes um but like yeah but I I feel like I also I'm like even in my hometown though people had this idea of me that was like nothing to do with fashion designer at all I really kept a lot of that stuff like at home and like inside like I bottled that up so even my college like my undergrad friends were like what you're going to fashion school like that's so weird and like a lot of my friends like good close friends asked me like oh my god you're going to fashion school can you have my jeans and I was just like I I didn't really get the support from my friends back home in college and I hope that they see this because like you know what you guys yeah yep 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I just had this like crazy weird, like, I'm just going to be a designer. Like I, I got this, like, I'm going to be so good. I'm going to have a brand and still to this day, I, I, I find support from strangers and like new friends and people that know me as, as this version of myself, because people from your past, I find like, especially if you pursue your dreams a little bit later in life and you keep things to yourself, people have an idea of you. That is their idea of you. It's completely independent to them. Mm -hmm. And when you break that mold and you're evolving and changing, it's so cool and it's so fulfilling um but a lot of people just can't comprehend that and if they don't follow you on your journey like it's not because they don't like you or they hate you or they have some vendetta against you that you're just not fitting that mold of who that you are in their head and that's okay because I don't need to mm -hmm. please them I don't need to be that for them so that was the other thing but yeah anyway moving on <laughs> yeah no no that's so true because I felt that too because I ended up having to move back to Indiana during the pandemic and so like coming back post-college I'm like a completely different person than what I was over here and like trying to reconnect with friends here has been really weird and difficult because it's just like we are two separate people at this point like yeah. not the same and not in a bad way but it's just like yeah it's completely different worlds mm -hmm. yeah people change and then I have friends that are my still my best friend I could finally convinced her to get on TikTok I'm like <laughs> TikTok none of my friends are on TikTok commenting like this is awesome so I don't have like mm -hmm. any you know engagement from them I was like get your butt on TikTok and she's like okay fine and she's been my friend since I was six and we are completely different people but mm -hmm. we grew back together you know we it's so you just you never know People yeah, you in a good way too. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so true. And that's so funny. Honestly, even my friends aren't really on TikTok commenting on my stuff either, even though yeah. like I'm Gen Z and they should be on TikTok commenting on stuff. Like I don't even get that sometimes. I know, <laughs> but it's fine. I get so much support from random strangers on the internet too, which know, is really great. Yeah. And you make TikTok friends. It's so cool. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> so, so fun. So, okay. Let's talk about like your brand and stuff. How did you like start it? What's the idea behind it? Also like the name, where did that come from? Yeah. Okay. So it's so crazy. My brand kind of evolved by accident. Um, and I'm very much a planner. So this is not how I do things, but it just kind of happened this way. And this is how some of the most, like the coolest things in my business have happened. Um, so I started Farah as an extension of a portfolio project that I did in school. So for me, it was just like, again, like my aesthetic wasn't really vibing with a lot of people. I'm very into the seventies and like studio 54 vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think it's not really, it's a little bit in my today a little bit but not really um but at the time I just was like exploring and having fun and I was in in the heart of New York City and I loved the idea of Studio 54 back in the 70s a very different version of New York and so I did a version of that and also tying into my Texas roots with like the fringe and sparkles mm -hmm. and the glam ladies of Dallas so I made this collection and I was like but it's interesting though I didn't throw anything out so I was like I want to show people that you can be high-end but not throw anything out and I even sourced scraps of like complete like tiny, tiny pieces of leather, which I don't work with leather anymore, but it was all like the tiniest remnant pieces from garbage bins um, <laughs> at Parsons. <laughs> 
Um, and other places like um, at Global Leathers in New York, they have a like a scrap pile. It's like super discounted. As a student, that was easy for me to afford and access. And I also felt like I was saving some scrap. So I made things out of scrap. I made things out of trash. And it looked really awesome, like to pat myself on the back. It was like a really mm -hmm. cool collection. It was like shiny and fun and had a lot of energy and it felt luxury. So I wanted to show people you can be high end, but you can also not throw anything out and be, I didn't know at the time, I didn't use the term zero waste. I just said, yeah, I'm making high end and I'm not throwing anything away. I'm putting it all into the collection or repurposing it in some way. Um, zero waste is a much more condensed version of saying that now mm -hmm. than I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the time, no one was talking about that. So um, this was back in 2015. So I feel like I was pretty early in that movement, mm -hmm. uh, the zero waste movement. And I just, after hearing about the Rana Plaza disaster, when I was in school, for me, I was like, there's no turning back. Like I, I stopped shopping at all the places that I could figure out were connected with that disaster that mm -hmm. were manufacturing in that factory. Um, stopped shopping there, completely changed how my outlook on fashion. So um, that was what that collection was for. And that's kind of how my brand was born. So it wasn't even supposed to be called Farah. I just named the collection Farah. And then people started running with it. And they're like, oh, Farah at Dallas Fashion Week, Farah at Fashion by Austin and Houston. And I was like, so I did like a whole cycle with fashion shows in Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, well, I have this portfolio. Where can I show it? I can't afford New York Fashion Week, but my parents live in Dallas. So let me go back to Texas and show it there because I can actually afford this Fashion Week and I'll get it in front of fashionable people. I know Dallas likes high fashion um, and I can, I, I can get photos of my work and you know, that'll, that'll be that. So I, it turned into a brand from that. I had orders, not that many, but enough to pay mm -hmm. for myself back for the materials, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, in a way it was kind of like a break even situation, which was really inspiring to me. And from what I learned in business, like that's a very good sign. But another thing that I learned from my undergrad degree in business was that like, I was an early mover. I could already see, I studied trend forecasting as well as fashion design. So I could already see where the trends were going and what I wanted to do and how it really aligned with my passions. And I saw, okay, there's a lot of potential here because if you're an early mover in an industry like fashion um, that is so heavily reliant on trends and where trends are going, but you see something as a long-term trend. Um, and for me, it's not just a trend. It's like, it needs to be the, the way that fashion is going and it's turning into the, very much more of that. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm early here. I really need to capitalize on this and I'm very passionate about it too. So people will actually, um, maybe, maybe they'll listen because um, I care enough to totally overhaul my entire viewpoint of the fashion industry. Um, and I'm like a broke grad student and I'm not shopping at all at Zara or H&M or Forever 21 anymore. Um, so maybe people will listen and they did. And it just evolved from there. Um, it was a very, very slow evolution because I'm extremely introverted. Even like before the pandemic, I like never really wanted to go out and like talk about my brand. I don't like mm -hmm. being a salesperson, pitchy, salesy, but you kind of have to. I also even like, I stuck with the Farah name because well, Farah one means joy in Arabic. And I think that's really important that there's joy in fashion. Like what, whatever you do, creating clothes that bring people joy, I think is so important um and that's my goal and so i stuck with that but um that i i don't know i just i i felt like 
I don't even know where I was going with that. I just kind of like on, on, on tangent. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so I it was it was a slow start, but I I eventually did a fashion show and I met my business partner and she was so much more social than me and like dragged me out to events and start we started shaking hands and meeting cool people in Dallas and Dallas is a really cool fashion hub. There's a lot of really fashionable people here. We joined FGI. I put myself out there. I applied. Well, my friend submitted me for Project Runway. And then that just really helped me grow the brand to what it is today. Maybe being on national television does not hurt. Um, right. And then TikTok has been very transformative too. And it's cool too, because I feel like people from TikTok are like, wait, weren't you on that show? I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't find <laughs> me from that show. You found me completely independently of that. And that's very cool too. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's funny because I like re-found you through that because I I watched every season of Project Runway. Like it was one of my favorite shows growing up. So like I yeah. definitely watched your season, but like I am really bad about actively following designers after watching Project Runway, but then oh, they'll yeah. randomly pop up on my social medias. I'm like, oh my God, I remember you. And then I'll follow. And yeah. you popped up on my TikTok. I'm like, why does she look so familiar to me? I'm like, have I seen you before? And then I was I like, oh my God. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, Project Runway, that's what it is. But yeah, no, I think it's cool because you definitely were very early into the zero waste kind of movement. Like I think zero waste was starting a lot more in the lifestyle section of things around 2015, 2016. But in terms of fashion, I feel like over the past like two, three years, it's been a little bit more recent. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you started it before it was even like trendy or like a thing is really cool because even for me I kind of started getting into it in 20 like 19 2020 um which is still like relatively recent for me so it's cool to see that you've been doing it for so much longer and like it's been a passion for um before it was like a big big thing and you like spoke about it on Project Runway and I feel like you're the first person to ever like say anything about sustainability on Project Runway yeah. Well, okay. Actually I wasn't, but I was the first person to not be labeled as insane for doing it. Okay. Yes. True. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a guy who I don't remember his name again. Like I suck. Like I'm, I'm really bad at my follow through following the designers after the show as well. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy who was like, I think it was like maybe in 2013 or 14. Like he was mm-hmm. early this dude. Um, and he went to the scrap pile at mood and only used scraps, but I think, I mean, I didn't do it because I knew the time that they gave me, like I could not just Mm -hmm. piece a bunch of scraps together and sew it well, Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean, I do it all the time at home, but like within 10 hours, there's no way. (laughs) So he, I think he was just a little too ambitious, but he talked about it and I was like, this guy is onto something, but yeah, they labeled him as crazy. Um, And so I was a little bit worried about that too, (laughs) But I was like, I was so confident in it. And I even there was a clip of me asking designers like on a team challenge, because I asked them, I was like, can we just be really mindful about the textiles that we get? I don't use leather. And they were like, we won't use leather. We'll be respectful of that. Um, but I, I remember there was a clip that I was like, I hope I'm not coming off as like too much. Like, I don't like, I don't want to force my agenda on you. Like, it's just how mm-hmm. I work. And I just want to let you guys know that's how I work. I don't want to slow anyone down, but zero waste patterning is like patterning like a puzzle 
puzzle. So it does take more time. Mm -hmm. And so I just was trying to explain that. And the clip got me talking to them and saying like, I hope it's not too much. And they were like, no, like you do it with class. Like, it's like, it's not, it's not pushy. Like you're so mm -hmm. cool. And like this, like, and they were like, no, you've inspired us. Like, which was really cool. So yeah. I, I had a very good edit from that show. Thank goodness. But I was also just really nice to everybody in production and behind mm -hmm. the scenes. So they usually don't want to like, I mean, I think being kind to people goes a, a long way. I would, yes, it does. You know, I mean, it was just how I was, but I, uh, I asked some favors down the road and they came through because I was nice to him. So I think that was, that was fine. That's like, so good. Show my toe poking through my sock because I was running around the work <laughs> poking out. I like, I tell, I tell everyone that story. So I definitely give myself away, but they were like, no, we got you girl. Like we won't do that. And I was like, thank you. Cause it's like, would probably be very good TV. It's really funny. And they're like, yeah, I would, but no, we got you. That is so <laughs> but, funny. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Give me a little bit of favors and the, the, the camera crew was kind of nice. <laughs> good. No, that's so good. Cause I feel like obviously, yeah, any sort of TV show is always going to try to bring out the drama in people. And I'm sure it's not actually like that a hundred percent in real life you know no I mean but you saw my season like it, yeah my, my season 17 of Project Only was not very dramatic it really wasn't I don't no. recall like anything crazy which was also on the other side of the coin like it was great for my mental health and you know yes. everyone else's but it doesn't make as good of tv I think that we had the lowest ratings so well I remember it very well <laughs> Oh, good. I mean, our work was crazy. Like that woods episode when we were doing the unconventional stuff. In the yes. Woods, oh my gosh. That got, that was insane. <laughs> yeah. Literally the reason why I worked with the glue guns, I also don't work a lot with the glue guns. I sew mm. everything. Um, I worked, I chose a glue gun because my hands were so dang cold. So I was like, <laughs> I need something warm to hold on to. So it's like literally my design was reflected in how cold I was. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense. That was, yeah. that was a crazy challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one, yeah. that one's a wild one. What was your favorite challenge that you did? Probably the elegance challenge. Cause I was also on top, but yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it's also like, oh, I just wish I could have stayed because the, the cause challenge would have been my favorite challenge by mm -hmm. far. I would have done something about like the world's oceans and all of the microplastics in the, in the ocean, but yeah, like easy. Like when they were like, what, what would you have done? I was like, Oh, done. But, um, I didn't make it that far. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of challenges that happened after I, and actually not a lot. So I, I made it on nine episodes out of mm -hmm. like, like 12 or something like that, which was really cool. But the challenges that happened after I was like, Ooh, that's really cool. like the real woman challenge. Like I designed for real women, yes. all the time, which also like, I don't like the term that they used real woman. I know real women too. And we had models of all different sizes. I think that they're just like women outside of the fashion industry, which I guess right. is not like a catchy way to say that, but I didn't like that term. And I probably mm -hmm. would have said it on TV, which would have maybe made good TV too. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think my favorite that I was on was the elegance challenge because I really went to a, a place that was very personal to me on that challenge. They edited a lot of things out and they didn't put like a lot of things that I said about that challenge in there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that challenge felt really personal and I really poured my heart into that piece. And so I wasn't, I didn't win uh, you know, Jamal is amazing. Um, and so mm -hmm. is Benny. So, I mean, like the win was deserved, you know, I'm a gracious loser, but, <laughs> um, but I also like, just, I didn't, 
I didn't talk on stage about some of the things I said um, in the privacy of those one-on-one interviews, which mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're moving on, <laughs> you know? Right. So there's that too. But yeah, that thought, that challenge was really, that was something. Yeah. yeah. No, everything, everything was beautiful. I, that was just a great season. There were some really cool, cool designers in that. My other favorite challenge was mm-hmm. the print challenge. And I, that design did really read well on cameras. I'm not the biggest like print girl. So I picked like, yeah. a camo that was very like muddy and muted, which I thought was really cool. Um, but that design, I still love that design that I did in my model. That was really inspiring because my model actually served as the muse and the inspiration behind the design. And they didn't show that either. Um, mm-hmm. But Natalia was the freaking, she was the coolest. Um, and she, she passed away, unfortunately, of bone cancer. Oh my um, God. We talked on the show. There's so many amazing moments that don't, that don't get shown on the show, but mm-hmm. we talked about how the odds of her surviving the type of cancer that she first had were like the odds of being struck by lightning twice. Wow. Um, so it was a very rare form, very low survival rate. And she survived and um, she had the scar on her leg and I had a slit in the skirt. And she was like, I was like, I can make it higher or lower if you want me to cover it. And she was like, no, I'm so proud. Like, and she's like, I love that you called this look like a warrior look. Cause that's what my mom calls me. It's like, I'm her warrior woman. And um, I was like, oh my God, like I was so moved to tears. And so I like raised the slit so she could like show it. And that whole thing happened, but I was on the top. So they don't, they don't show the stories for that but right. it was very very inspirational and so yeah I mean I think inspiration can come from all different places and I was mm-hmm. worried about that within the confines of the time restraint but right you can inspired by your models you can get inspired by a challenge and the messaging behind it you never know so yeah no that's so beautiful I love that Ugh, yeah. I'm so sad they don't share all those stories I'm sure so many people have so many little tidbits that would add so much to it I know. But, oh, we're I know. not even supposed to talk about it. We're supposed to say like, whatever you saw was exactly what happened. Right. Um, but I'm out of my contract now, so I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that like, there's obviously always more to it than what they yeah, show. So it's exactly. not like a big secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But touching on like the whole, like being creative within the time constraints, that's always been like my biggest fear. If I were to ever go on Project Runner, which I, oh, I don't think I will, but whenever you I know? get, I know I haven't, uh, but like, Wait, would you go on Project Runway though? Do you think? I don't know. I don't think so. I've been asked so many times if I would, but I just feel like I would be the like stressed crier of the show and I would rather not be portrayed like that. <laughs> you never know. My my dad told me that I was going to be the girl in the corner by the song. Machine. Really? <laughs> yeah. So much faith. Thanks, dad. No, I was kind of joking, but no, for real, because I do get so stressed. You can do it. I, I know. I, you could totally do it. We'll see. We'll see. But I feel like that's one I'll of my biggest. Want. I hope that you do. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see. But like my biggest fear is like not coming up with an idea within like the time constraint. Like that sounds so stressful. Like what if you literally can't come up with anything? Like what do you do? I feel like, I, okay, this is actually pro tip for anyone, including you who might mm-hmm. want to go on Project Runway. Just get that out of your mind. Because what I did is I even created, like I had a whole Pinterest file folder whatever of project runway inspiration like I studied it like a like a psycho like I was a huge (laughs) super fan and I looked at every single episode and I was like okay there the the odds of this challenge happening are high so let me study what they did and what the judges liked and what worked and what didn't like I was Mm -hmm. I was fiend I was like (laughs) I don't know if they've ever had a super fan like me on their show and I kept my cool but you heard it here like yeah fan super fan um and so I I prepped 
like too much. Like it was silly. Um, and I know that there's, it is important to show what you do back home if you have a brand and to show off your aesthetic and like Tessa from my season did that very well. Like she, yeah, she did. She, but she like also like literally made, remade her collection whenever she got the chance to. Um, and while she won a challenge, like the first challenge, she just literally remade a look that like she was already making with her collection right? Um, or like a version of that look. Um, I think that her most inspired pieces, um, even though some of them weren't on the top, some of them actually were, but were the ones that were, she was just really inspired by the challenge. Mm-hmm. So, and, and for me, the same thing applies. Like I, that look like I'm trying to think the first look was something that I like prepped and like had an idea about. Um, but then I like lost track of time and then panicked and then had to redo it and then completely scrapped the original look that I had kind of planned out thinking like Mm -hmm. some kind of like, okay, we'll be inspired by the judges maybe for a challenge. And I was right. That was the very first challenge. I was so in my head and I took away from the creative process and I was on the bottom of the first challenge. I mean, I was like what we, what we called a soft bottom as our, <laughs> our the producers love that. Like all of us designers calling it. Yeah. So I was the soft bottom challenge one, mm-hmm. but, and, and people still to this day will comment. Like I loved your first look, which it was good, but it was mm-hmm. also a complete like panic. Like I had a full blown panic attack meltdown in the bathroom and then went out there and was like, get yourself together. You need, you can't send her down naked. So right. I made it. Um, so I would say actually get out of your head and just really try to be in the moment inspired by the collection or by, by the challenge prompt or your model or whatever, like a, a designer this year said she saw like a top that one of the judges was wearing and got inspired for the next challenge. Like be really in the moment. Cause I think that that actually, that was like my elegance challenge. It was completely in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved that look. So yeah. So don't, don't, don't fret. If you can sew mm-hmm. and your construction skills are there, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. That's fair. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you wouldn't know unless you're like in that situation. Cause it's hard mm-hmm. to even like fathom what it would be like, but that's so cool. What was <laughs> like the mood trips? Like, like, are they as oh stressful God. as it looks on TV, even worse, like, oh, no, how is oh it? God, no, there's so much fun. No, 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 no. Well, also, like, I don't know. I just like, I do get very stressed out, but you can't mm-hmm. ever see it on my face. So I feel like, mm-hmm. and Vishmi, do you remember Vishmi? Yes, yes. Freaking love him. Okay, so <laughs> Vishmi, I would always make sure that I was in the vans with Vishmi mm-hmm. because, no, it was like a dance party the whole time. Going to move <laughs> back, like, it was just like, we, like, thrived. I mean, I'll, we can get into, like, mood itself, but, like, on the way to mood and on the way mm-hmm. back, like, they would be like, all right, like, you can listen to the radio. And so we put on the radio. It's like, we were always in the workroom and there's no music because they've got to film you. And mm-hmm. so we were just like, it was just a dance party. And, like, we were just, like, listening to, like, like just stupid whatever was on the radio like it was a lot of cardi b though because i think they were that's kind of so fun amped because cardi b was like the final celebrity judge mm-hmm. so it would just bounce around a cardi b like all the time <laughs> but no i those were so fun um but no mood itself could be very stressful um mm-hmm. i also though like i had a leg up because like i went to school in new york so like right. i sourced from mood a lot and I knew mood very well. And I also had, again, I think this is like where kindness comes into play. I have friends at mood that like hook mm. it up. So like, that's like good. I, yeah. So like, they'd be like, oh, I'd be like, well, I'm looking for this. And then they're like, oh, you need to go with, we got, just got this thing in. And I think that would be perfect. So they've like, 
I, I feel like I had kind of an in, so um, yeah. that, that definitely helped, but it's still, no matter what, it's 30 minutes to get everything you need is very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do sometimes wish, like I always had a backup plan. So I always got backup fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish I may maybe just want more committed. Cause like with my backup fabric, like I couldn't even make an error because right. I go to a completely different textile, but yeah, it's stressful, stressful, but fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds stressful, but also fun. I like when I was also in New York for school, I like had to go to mood to like buy stuff. And like the day that I was so mad this day, because I just like, I had like a certain window of time I could go to mood between classes and Mm -hmm. I get there and they're like, "Mm, we're filming project runway right now. You can't enter the store. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh no. (laughs) Like I went up the elevator and then we get up there and there's like a whole camera crew and they were like, nope, you got to go back down. And I was like, no. Oh gosh. Wait, when was that? Uh, 2019. 2019. Is it in the summer? It would have been the fall, I think. Oh, 2019. Or it wasn't 2018? No, 2018 I was in Italy. Okay. Then yeah, I guess it was, that was season 19. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I never like looked back or on 18, the years to figure 18. out which one it would be. Yeah, but... that was season 18. Oh, I guess they did film into the fall a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was Yeah. 18. Yeah, Brittany Allen. She's like on that season. Yes. Yeah. I also am like mutual friends with her on TikTok, which is so like weird to me that I'm like, I watched all of you guys on TV and now we're like mutual friends on TikTok. I'm like, I'm low key fangirling. Like, this is so (laughs) funny to me. Yeah. That's so crazy. It's so, so full circle. And yeah, yeah, a lot of people Patrick Gumley are so nice. I was kind of in that same mindset. I was like, oh my God, you're a celebrity. Like, this is so crazy. Right. And now that I'm very much like in that world, I'm like, oh, like, but it has to not be very nice from like old, like old, old lifetime seasons. Mm -hmm. And then like went back when it was like really dramatic and really catty. Yeah. I was just like, okay, well, yeah. You don't have to like me, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. But no loss. <laughs> I just feel like there is a different spirit with Bravo, the new yeah. yeah. And also seeing season 19, the most recent one, mm-hmm. it was, I, I really, I thought they were a lot nicer. Everyone's been really nice. Yeah. There was some, yeah. but they genuinely all really like each other. We felt, we feel mm-hmm. that, same, that same way about my season. I mean, I can speak mm-hmm. for myself. I genuinely really like everybody. Yeah, no, I feel like you can sense that. Like the vibes are definitely a lot more nice and like community, community yeah, I mean, centered. We're all doing the same thing. We're all exactly like trying to make it in a really saturated, really competitive, difficult industry. And we all have yeah. to be on the same show at the same time. Like that is just so crazy. And you mm-hmm. might as well make the most of it. It's just such a cool, I definitely highly mm-hmm. encourage it if anyone's thinking about project runway in the future highly we'll see (laughs) (laughs) we'll think about it um but how has project runway helped like your brand and like kind of exposure for you like was it like a lot at once right after or not so much so like for me going to Parsons too and talking Mm -hmm. to other designers yeah like you like you said like you get asked a lot like would you ever do project running because people think of that as a fashion show I mean there's a lot of other fashion shows out now yeah Um, not a lot there's a couple that I can think of Mm -hmm. um but I I always have the mindset that like I feel like it it has the ability to possibly cheapen your brand, not because mm-hmm. the show's not wonderful. I think the show's wonderful, but it also shows a designer what you can do within like 10 or 12 hours, like a, one day, yeah. which is not going to be like a couture unless you're like freaking like Sebastian. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. He was incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, and, and that's the thing is like, he's incredible, but mm-hmm. he's also incredible because he's fast because he yes. made looks that were flops, but then he could go back and edit himself because he's so fast. Exactly. So, because I have an ability too. I think I could really crank out some really stellar things, but for me, mm-hmm. 10 hours is like what I need to make a dress that's like all right yeah yeah no for <laughs> um, sure. unless I'm just like on one and I'm like crazy and I'm whatever you know mm-hmm. I can I can crank it out even faster sometimes but that's rare and for him that's the norm and right. so I think that's that's the worry for that was the worry for me is like it could cheapen my brand or my business when people see me have mm-hmm. a flop um on the show and that's what I've always thought I was like why would why would a designer do this if you have a business because if you go in you're risking your reputation because one um you could control it to a certain extent because like you can make mm-hmm. flops or you can make amazing pieces but then there's also the personality factor of how they're going to build your character and how they're going to package that character for the general public to digest right um, and that's that's a risk that actually you really can't control you can be yourself um and I feel like I, I have enough self-awareness to know when I'm being an asshole and when I'm being cool or not so cool or awkward or insecure or whatever. I feel like I, I'm in my head a lot as an introverted person, mm-hmm. but um, some people don't, they lack a lot of self-awareness and then they see it back on TV. And that's the part that, that you don't, that you can't control. And it's the part that you don't expect to be so nervous about. But Mm -hmm. for me, even me, like who I I didn't think that I ruffled too many feathers and was generally, you know, kind of coasted through, did okay um, on the show, made it far enough to be proud of. Um, You don't know one, how far you're going to get. And that could be embarrassing to some, maybe some people who they don't care if they make it an episode or two, it's what what gets good exposure, Mm -hmm. whatever. But to me as a super fan, I was like, I cannot not make it to like past episode five. Like I have yeah. past that, like, um, because I love this show so much, you know? So, um, and then also I was so nervous for months until it aired. How, how am I going to be perceived? Like what, like, what are people going to think? And I used to care so much about what people thought of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could care less now. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> at all. I really don't. Like, I think, it's easy to say that because I wasn't getting death threats and some people right. were getting death threats. Um, and I just don't understand like what makes a person wake up in the morning and decide to send, send someone a death threat where they actually fear for their life and they have right. to like change their email address or their phone number. Like that's just so incredibly like heartbreaking that mm-hmm. we as a society, people have gotten to that point. Um, but yeah, I just, I, like some, someone said something like, like, they're like, no offense to you, but like, I just, I hate this look that you made the other day on TikTok. And I was like, you know, I I did spend like 40 hours making, it was like that tiny scrap dress where I had to sew all those tiny scraps and make a dress out of all my scraps. Um, and like, so proud of that. I freaking Mm -hmm. love that design. Yeah this person didn't like, it wasn't for them. And they mm-hmm. were like, I hate it. I hate it. And I just, I called it back and I was like, Hey, that no worries. Like you can hate it. Like, yeah, worse. it is okay. Like I will come out and they were like, Oh, like, like I'm so, you responded like no, no shade. And I was like, you know, I mean, you, you could just scroll past and literally that would, that would have been better, but you know, actually maybe you wouldn't have because of the algorithm, whatever, but, right. um, you left a comment and you felt that compelled to tell me you hate something so much. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. and so I've gotten worse from people. I've gotten really offensive messages from men, mostly like, yeah. like old white men. Um, yes. that's the demographic that's the meanest to mm-hmm. me. 
Um, and I just am like, you're a hurt person and you're just spewing that hate that you probably have mm-hmm. got in the world. And yep. I, I don't, it's, I, I let that stuff bounce off of me now that I'm older. It, it definitely, I definitely took it to heart when I was a lot younger. Um, even mm-hmm. up until maybe like a couple of years ago, I took that to heart and those, those comments stick with you. They really do. Yeah. Um, but now I couldn't tell you like things that I've gotten in the past like couple months. I couldn't tell you what people have said. I just kind of like delete scroll. Yep. It doesn't affect me. So if you don't give people, don't give people the power to impact what you're doing. Cause like you are doing something and specifically you, but also people, people mm-hmm. that are going to watch this. Like, like chances are like, if you're here watching this video and like mm-hmm. and with, you, with, with what you do, like you are into making this world a better place and doing yes. it through the vehicle of fashion or whatever industry you're in. And that's that you're, creating a bright spot in this world and you're sharing a positive message. Um, and this platform that you've created is just so wonderful. So, um, I hope that, cause I know you are younger than me and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be preachy, but like, <laughs> I, I do hope that you really don't take those things to heart because you mm-hmm. are doing so many wonderful things. And I do hope in general that like we, as like women too, like cannot like just not harp on those negative comments. They, they have the power to stay mm-hmm. with you. Um, and just to not let people have that power because you're doing amazing things. Yeah, no, I think I, I used to also like, obviously take it to heart when I was younger. Um, but I feel like over the past like year, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I really don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. A, I'm not losing customers over this because if they didn't like it, they were never going to be a customer anyway. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. And also a lot of the times, if you do respond to them kind of in like that nice way of like, Hey, it's okay. Or like, whatever, then they'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, didn't think you were going to say anything. I'm like, you realize there's like a person behind this account. Like I'm not some robot. Like, of course I'm going to see it. Yeah. Like it's crazy. I think it's like, Oh, it's not that personal. Right. like when you have a bigger platform or when you're on TV, you become mm-hmm. like a character of yourself. And that's, yeah, that's not the reality of the situation. You are no. a human being behind that screen. So exactly. I hope more people, I don't know. It doesn't seem like things are any different. No. <laughs> I mean, I have hope that we as a society can just for the most part push that stuff away. But yeah, there's always trolls no matter what. I yeah. am the eternal optimist though, even though I feel like sometimes people could think that I'm pessimistic. I'm like, no, I am the eternal <laughs> optimist. I'm like, we can get better guys. We can do better, but yeah. yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think we can do better. And I feel like to an extent it's kind of gotten better. I don't know. I feel like it yeah. goes in waves, but yeah. it's fine. In the meantime, all you can do is you can control yourself. And that's why yeah. I always like, try to leave like as many nice comments. And then even if someone's like, what do you think? And I like know them, I'm like, I'll, even if I don't love it, it's, I'll leave a constructive comment, you know? Like, exactly. Like, I, I kind of hate it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is awful. Actually, I hate it. <laughs> Peace. No. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, oh, cool. Like, I maybe would have like, raised the hem instead of right. being nice. like, but like, that's an interesting way to look at things. And that's why they did not like me on Project Rona because they were like, <laughs> well, what's your critique of this designer's look? And I was like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't personally wear it, but I feel like there's definitely a customer for that. And like, exactly. So you can say like other designers said like, you know, it was um, insane, looked like a clown. <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, clown. I mean, as someone who like looks at trends, like clown couture is like, that's kind of a coming in, <laughs> coming in style. They're like, all right, Lila, bye, thanks. <laughs> yeah. 
no that would be me too I'd be like well I yeah like there's definitely somebody out there who would wear it like it's not my personal style but it could be someone else's like who am I to say like it's subjective yeah this industry is tough man like it is from somewhere you know exactly yeah but I'm like you guys knew what you were gonna get with me like I yeah extensively like you knew I wasn't gonna like throw shade to people I'm just not a person but I mean I can be don't get me wrong I mean we all have that yeah (laughs) but definitely can but no I mean for the most part I felt like I was like solidarity like right together us designers there's only there's only 16 of us exactly yeah, oh, that makes total sense. Switching subjects a little bit. What are like your your future goals with your brand and like things you want to do? Are you in like a good place with it where like you don't have any crazy big goals and you're kind of just like continuing things or is there anything else you still want to do? Yeah, well, I'm like, I'm definitely switching gears in the vision that I had for my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been writing a lot lately of where I'd like to see it go from where I started and what, what's in my business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the initial business plan actually has changed quite a lot um, in a way, like the founding principles and the goals haven't changed mm-hmm. of like who we are as a company, which is, you know, zero waste and working with natural textiles and every single year adding something new that ups our sustainability factor mm-hmm. um, because no one is hundred percent sustainable, but we can right. all work towards being better. Um, and so I try to do that by doing something new every year, but in a way I used to think like I wanted my brand to be like, on the like New York Fashion Week calendar. I wanted to have collection after collection. Um, and I just, you know, the more that I've learned being in the sustainable industry and also like the more that I've learned from people like yourself, like on TikTok, like, <laughs> um, like it's actually, it, that's, that's not sustainable. I mean, also like sustainability and profitability aren't necessarily synced. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I hope that the fashion calendar also changes where we're producing or we're making less collections because that also just mm-hmm. kind of perpetuates the like buy more always change your style buy 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 to keep up with the trends which is just really toxic mm-hmm. um and so I actually don't want to be a part of the fashion calendar I don't want to be at New York Fashion Week if I did do a fashion week I'd probably go either to Mexico or to Europe mm-hmm. um, because they do have really amazing fashion weeks there. Um, but, and so I was kind of always working towards that and I don't want to work towards that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually also really want to focus in on like the made to order elements of my brand. Um, that's how I can do size inclusivity is off. Right. Um, and then really also leaning into like the pre-order. So um, kind of going the route where it's a little bit more um, accessible um, through like some ready to wear collections that are available for pre-order um, and then also really leaning into the bridal side of things because I really enjoy making bridal looks for my custom brides mm-hmm. and I find that that's kind of the customer that really it gets the most excited like as excited as I get to make every single piece brides yeah. are excited um, for their piece so I, I really am leaning into bridal. I get so inspired by creating new kinds of bridal. And I do see that the bridal industry really does need an overhaul, um, not in just like the sustainability, but how brides are treated and how things, yeah. how, the, how that flows. And I just think it's it's lacking in transparency and um, ethics and goodwill and sustainability. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much polyester that's out there and it's yeah. not, not one for synthetics. Um, 
so yeah, so that's what I'm kind of leaning into right now. So maybe um, eventually in a broad fashion week, um, mm-hmm. and it could be a bridal week, but I, I do really love my ready to wear collections, but also creating, you know, a collection a year and then maybe, you know, some doing some like pre-orders within that collection that I designed throughout the year, mm-hmm. um, but just not, not just creating mindfully, listening to my customers, not going too far with it and um, growing the brand that way. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that I've kind of had the similar realization with like the amount of collections I put out and kind of trying to not follow the calendar. And it's just, it's so hard when you like, obviously like you also like have a bunch of ideas all the time and you have all these things you want to make all the time or like, I don't know, new things pop up and I'm like, oh, I want to make that, like make a collection out of that. But I'm like, take it back. Like you're trying to get away from the overconsumption and like throwing all these things at people, like, you know, take it slow. Like it's okay. But it's hard to change that mindset. It's tough. It's also tough. I don't know if this has happened to you because I, I feel mm-hmm. like you've been so like mindful about the things that you're producing. Like I love mm-hmm. your new collection that just dropped. You've been Thank promoting you. That. It's beautiful. Thank um, you. And how you sell it and how you, it just doesn't come off as, it just feels very authentic and natural. Um, yeah. Which is like, that's a lot, what a lot of brands can't seem to, to nail down right. very well. So kudos Thank to you. you. But, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this happened to me recently is like you put a prototype out there mm-hmm. and you just want to test the market because TikTok is a really great place um, to just mm-hmm. use it as like a testing ground. And then it blows up and then everyone's like, okay, when can I, I want to buy right now. And yep. so you're demand, but you're like also trying to like be mindful in the creation. So that's hard for me. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Cause it just happened, but like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that gets really hard when you're like, want to kind of scale it in a sense, because you want to be able to, you know, make stuff for more people. But at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, at what point does it become unsustainable, like, at, like production wise? And I don't know, I'm trying to figure that out, too, because like, I want to make more, but also I'm like, I don't want to overproduce. Yeah. But I also want to be able to like cater to a little bit more people than what I am right now. And it's, I don't know, it's a little, a little hard to navigate, but uh. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but you know, we'll get there. Yeah, we're doing our best and that's all that matters. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's tough, but I'm figuring it out as I go too. No matter, I mean, I've been in this business for a while and I'm still learning, so. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I don't think we'll ever stop learning about it. I feel like sustainability is so like new and it just continues to, you know, grow and evolve and there's always something new to learn, so. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. So fun talking. So happy to be here. I'm so, it's been really great. But yes, I, I have a lot of questions for you, but we can, oh ask, I can ask them off air. Yeah, <laughs> we will. We will talk about this after. But um, let us know where people can find you. Shout yourself out. Yeah. So I am Lila or we've talked most about TikTok, I feel like. So I'm Lila mm-hmm. or on TikTok and you can find me on Instagram as well. I have a brand account and a personal account. The personal is Lila Christiana and my brand is Farah. It's Farah official on Instagram. Farah.co is my website where you can shop and check out our lookbooks and learn more about our sustainability practices and things like that. Perfect. Well, go check her out. If you haven't, I will have it all linked down below in the description, show notes, all the things, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.